Good morning, Peninsula Hope family. Um, it's great to be with you guys today. We're doing something a little bit different. It's kind of like we did um, throughout a lot of last year. And so I am pre-recording this week's sermon early, but I will see uh, a lot of you or will have seen a lot of you already in our regular church uh, service on Zoom. So let me get us started with some prayer. Lord Jesus, uh, we just come before you humbly and we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would guide us in our lives, Lord Jesus, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to me and through me as we continue learning about you and uh, just how incredible and how important you are to our lives and in our lives. And so I pray this all in your name. Amen. So as I mentioned, we are continuing our series on the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to be talking about an aspect that uh, someone had asked about recently as we've been covering the different gifts of the Spirit. And today it's kind of focused on faith. And the reality of faith is that it is the centerpiece of Christianity. And by definition, when we talk about faith, we are talking about both the belief in the truth of who Jesus is, why we need him, and what he did for us. It also is trust in Jesus, what he can do, and that he and his will is really the best thing and the most important thing for us. But the question that was posed is, is there only one kind or level or degree of faith for every believer? Or are there different kinds or degrees of faith? And that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit and faith. And I want to start out at the beginning where our relationships starts with God, and that is with the faith that saves. In Ephesians 2, verse 8, and I'm going to be reading some from the NASB today and some from the NIV, kind of a, kind of a mix here. Um, in Ephesians 2, verse 8, it says this. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift from God. So in order to be saved, we have to have faith. So our salvation, being saved from the eternal consequences of sin and experiencing eternal life in heaven, is only possible through faith. And our faith needs to be in Jesus. And this is, again, belief in the truth of Jesus. And this is who he is that Jesus is the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, meaning he is God and he is the Savior of the world. Also, the truth in why we need him, and that is because we are all sinners who without Jesus will end up, in our, and his sacrifice, we will end up eternally separated from God. And it's also the truth of what he did for us. He took on our sins. He became sin what God hates. And why did he do this? Because he loves us. And so he died for us. He was the sacrifice in our place. And then he was resurrected from the dead. But faith, it is also trust in the power and promises of God. That reality that God is all powerful. He is omniscient. He is omnipresent and omnipotent. It means he knows everything. He can be everywhere. And he is all powerful. It is also trust that God keeps his promises, and we find this in his word in the Bible, and his promises are according to his will, not ours. And this saving faith 
It's developed or experienced through exposure to the gospel. We see this in Romans 10, verse 17. It says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. But after people accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and after they have received the gift of salvation, and they have experienced forgiveness of their sins, and they have been saved from that eternal consequence of those sins, the question is, is faith still necessary? So is there a faith that is different from the faith that saves? And the answer is yes. And this is where the second kind of faith comes in. It is the faith that we live by. In Galatians 2 verse 20 in the NASB, it addresses this. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I will live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. So this faith, the faith that we live by, it is about belief in what Jesus can do. So there is some similarities there. It is trust that God or Jesus will do what his word says according to his will. It is about complete reliance on God and his power and maintaining belief and trust in Jesus, even if he does not answer prayer according to our desires. There are a couple stories in the Bible, and we find them in Matthew's gospel, that describe what happens when we struggle to live by faith. The first one is in Matthew 17, and it's verses 18 through 20. And this is talking about a demon that, uh, that the disciples were trying to cast out. Verse 18, it starts and it says this. It says, and Jesus rebuked him and the demon came out of him and the boy was cured at once. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith. For truly, I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. In Matthew chapter 21, verses 18 through 22, we see another situation come up where Jesus was with his disciples, and there was another opportunity to teach them about living by faith. Verse 18, it starts and it says, Now in the morning when he was returning to the city, he became hungry. Seeing a lone fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it except leaves only. And he said to it, No longer shall there ever be fruit from you. And at once the fig tree withheld, or it withered, excuse me. Verse 20, Seeing this, the disciples were amazed and asked, How did the fig tree wither all at once? And Jesus answered and said to them, truly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will happen. And all things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Just like the disciples, we can believe in the truth of who Jesus is. We may even trust Jesus with all of our hearts. 
but because of our flesh and not always being obedient to Christ and the leading of the Holy Spirit, we can experience doubts and we can lean on our own understanding instead of God. And because of that, it can limit the power of our faith. That's why the faith that we live by, it does and it needs to grow and mature. We see this addressed in 2 Thessalonians verses 1 through 3, this time from the NIV. It says, we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. You see, Paul was so grateful. Not only did the church in Thessalonica understand they needed to grow in faith, They were living by it. They were actually doing it. They were growing in their faith by living out their faith. It wasn't just talk. And this was so exciting. He was so grateful to God because of this. We see this theme continued in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. In the NIV, it says, Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity not laying again the foundation of repentance from the acts that lead to death and the faith in God. Instructions about cleansing rites, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment and God permitting, we will do so. So this passage, these verses are telling us we need to move on from those elementary teachings. We need to move on just the belief that we have in God, that faith that saves, now we have to develop the faith that we are going to live by. And we grow and we mature in the faith that we live by through one, studying God's word. The reading and the listening to the gospel, memorizing it, having it embedded in our minds and in our hearts. It's also understanding the meaning and the proper application of God's word into our lives. And then it is putting the word into practice. It is living out what the gospel, what the word of God, what the Bible teaches us. It is living that out in our days or in our everyday life. It is also working towards removing the amount of sin in our lives. We are always going to sin, unfortunately, but it's working towards removing that. It's sinning less. That helps us to mature in the faith that we live by. And then it is reliance and submission to the Holy Spirit. These are the different ways that we grow and we mature in that faith that we need to live by as Christians. But then this question still comes up. Well, is there still another kind or level of faith? A faith that differs from the faith that saves, the one that leads to salvation. And then a faith that is different than the faith that we live by in our everyday lives as Christians. And the answer is yes. And we covered this a few weeks ago. We talk about the manifestation gift of faith. faith, And we see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. In the NASB, it says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. So we have to remember these gifts are given to Christians for the good of others. They are not selfish gifts to be hoarded. 
For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by, uh, by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the distinguishing of spirits, to uh, another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. And so focusing on verse 9, it says the manifestation gift of faith. So there is this faith, this manifestation of it that is a gift from the Holy Spirit, and it is the Holy Spirit that is distributing it. It is given to certain individuals. It's not given to everybody. And it is as the Holy Spirit decides to give that to people, to bless them with it. And the Holy Spirit does this ultimately according to God's will. This manifestation gift of faith, it is not the universal faith that all Christians possess. So it isn't the faith that we talk about that leads to salvation. And it is also not the faith that we talked about that we live by. It is a supernatural faith that presents itself in certain situations and circumstances where the one who has been blessed by this gift supernaturally believes and trusts God for the extraordinary. Those things that cannot be explained. There's some great examples of this throughout scripture. I'm going to focus on two here. The first is Matthew 8 verses 5 through 10, reading from the NIV. It says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him and asked for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go and he goes, and that one, come and he comes. And I say to my servant, do this, and he does. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Jesus is saying that this centurion, he has incredible faith. And think about that. He does. Not only is he believing and trusting in the power that comes from God that Jesus can heal he doesn't just believe it. He believes that if he just says it, that his servant will be healed. And that's what happens. That is an off-the-chart, extraordinary, supernatural faith that this individual has. We see another story in Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. In the NASB, it says, a woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years. And, uh, and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped, but rather had uh, grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. 
Immediately the flow of blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately Jesus uh, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said, uh, said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him, told him the whole truth. And, uh, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So this woman, she had such great faith. She believed and trusted in the power of God that just by touching Jesus's clothing, she would be healed. And that's what happened. And Jesus acknowledged that faith. He commented on it like he did for the centurion. This is what that manifestation gift of faith looks like. It has zero doubt and it trusts 100%. It is an absolute trust and belief that God can do the miraculous. It is a level of faith that just, it is so beyond a shadow of a doubt that it believes so beyond a shadow of doubt in those miracles and the power of God. You know, these are similar. These are the events that we hear in the Bible. Jesus's virgin birth, the plagues of Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea, the coin found in the fish's mouth for taxes for Caesar, the healing of the blind man, Lazarus being uh, raised from the dead, and ultimately Christ's resurrection. These are the miraculous things that it takes that, that faith, that manifestation gift of faith to believe in these incredible miracles. Because each of those events are supernatural occurrences that seem impossible according to human understanding. That's why it's the manifestation gift of faith, which is behind the greatest miracles in the Bible. And it is different than the faith that saves and the faith that we need to live by. Because the reality is this, that even for the strongest and most mature of Christians, moments of doubt can creep into their minds when they pray for the miraculous and the wondrous. It happens. We're humans. We're not perfect. But for those who have been blessed with the manifestation gift of faith, there is no doubt. Just complete trust and assurance in God and his power. Now, this is not to say that individuals that have this gift, that they never waver or doubt. They do. But in certain moments of great need or turmoil where the body of Christ needs to be lifted up or redirected to God, these individuals, due to this manifestation gift of faith, they do not doubt or question God. So it's not that these individuals with gifts, that, they're, that they always have this miraculous faith and they never doubt, but in certain situations that God ordains for his purposes, they do not doubt, they do not question. And here's the interesting thing is that for many of these individuals, when we see this in the Bible, there's times when, you know, incredible things are happening and they don't even realize that they are experiencing or showing 
great trust or belief in God. They just do. This is just how they are in that moment. They're not doubting. And this can be so uplifting and encouraging to those around them. Now, just because you may not have been empowered or equipped with the manifestation gift of faith, this doesn't mean that you are unable to express tremendous faith in God and all that he can do. It just means it may take or it will take more effort and more consistency in fighting off your flesh and the doubts that come into your mind. I love how this is expressed in Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. In the NIV, it says, So Christ gave himself, or Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. We covered this several weeks ago. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blow here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every aspect, or excuse me, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From them, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So we see here the encouragement that as Christians, we need to continue to grow. That's why we have pastors and evangelists, why we have churches. They're, they're here to help us grow, to learn, to mature in our faith. Because not all of us are going to have the manifestation gift of faith. Not all of us in every moment of suffering, of turmoil, are going to just believe in God beyond a shadow of a doubt. So that means that we all have to grow. We have to mature because our faith is so powerful, regardless of if we have been blessed with that gift or not. Let me end with another biblical truth. Just because the Holy Spirit may not have empowered or equipped you with the manifestation gift of faith, it doesn't mean he ever will. Scripture doesn't tell us when or how many of these gifts we may have or that we'll experience. But we have to remember that this particular gift, it is not one that can be developed. It's one that if it's gifted to you, you have. You cannot develop it. And it's not based on anything that you or I do. It is completely up to the Holy Spirit if and when he could impart it to you. And also God and his will in desiring you to have it. So there are a couple of things that we've gone over this in the last couple of weeks. And that is that what we can do is we can desire those gifts. We can want to experience more of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Holy Spirit in those gifts. We need to desire them passionately, but not for ourselves, but for the good of others. And then we're told to pray for them. So pray earnestly for those gifts. Ask God, Lord Jesus, 
according to your will, I want to serve the body of Christ. I want to help others the way you want me to. So I pray if it is your will, Holy Spirit, empower me with the gifts that I need to accomplish what you would have me to do. We can pray that way. We can desire those gifts. And so I hope today that when we're specifically talking about faith, that it's maybe become a little bit clearer to you, the different degrees or level or aspects to faith, because although faith, it's all about truth and trust in God, there are kind of different aspects to it. So I'm hoping that it is a little bit clearer for you. Let me pray us out. Uh, we love you. And uh, we just thank you guys for joining us. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit, for dwelling inside of us. Thank you for all of the gifts that you have blessed us with, regardless of if we have the manifestation gift or faith or not. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would help us each and every day to desire more of you, to grow in maturity of our understanding of your word, that our faith would grow all aspects of it, whether it is uh, continued or growing faith in who you are and what you do, whether it's trust that you will never leave us or forsake us, that you answer prayer according to your will. Lord, thank you so much for the gift of faith and what it can accomplish through you. Thank you for the faith that we have in you, that you died for us, that you love us so much that you did it. I pray that you would grow us, Lord Jesus, to be a church operating in all of your gifts as you see fit. We pray this in your name. Amen. And again, we love you guys, and we will see you soon. God bless.